This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today we have another amazing guest here on the show. Now, today we have the amazing Kelly Thornton. Now, Kelly is the founder and CEO of Tej Hanley. And Tej Hanley is our e-commerce company specifically focused on the mission of helping men uh, look and feel amazing. This year, they hit a massive milestone, okay? And they shipped their 1.5 millionth box in July 2022, which is a big, real, a real big milestone. Congratulations. Thank and you. they've shipped over 350,000 shipments around the world. He's an author. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he set up, uh, he set up uh, uh, another company before this as well, which we'll talk about as well. Uh, but some of the things that we're going to be talking a little bit about today is we're going to be talking on the topic of how to deliver wow. And the reason I bring this up is because, well, we'll talk about this actually during the interview, but some of the things that we're going to be talking about is, first of all, I'm fascinated to learn about the obsession of how Kelly got into the whole kind of men's skincare king thing. Because it's, you know, it's like a self-perceptional reality thing, and maybe it's ego, I don't know, but um, I'd love to know what the backstory is on that. Secondly, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about one of mine and Kelly's favorite books, by the way. You guys don't know Great. what that is. So we're going to be talking about that and how that kind of crosses over into what he does day to day. Um, we're going to talk about retail because retail is really interesting over the last sort of couple of years and how Kelly's perspective on how he believes his company is going to be navigating uncharted territory. Because I think that's a really interesting conversation that we're going to be having. And uh, we're going to be talking about differentiation in terms of like USP. You know, like for me, from my perspective, like USP is not just about products and people. It's like kind of the whole package. So we, I want to get like Kelly's input on that. And then we're also talking about how to deliver well, because for me, that really fundamentally is what the conversation is all about. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's great, great to have you. Um, looking forward to today's conversation. It was interesting because, um, I mean, we we say, share some very interesting um, uh, common interests, should we say, more than anything else. Not, I wouldn't say about skincare, but even though we've got, um, we are two very handsome bald men, of course. Um, we seem to get, we seem to attract those handsome bald men for the show. I don't know. It's kind of maybe a, a, a thing going on. I don't know. We but, stick together. We do stick together. Anyway, um, <laughs> the bald men tribe. Anyway, even though um, today's conversation is not necessarily about men's skincare, well, kind of is, but um, I'm interested in learning about um, Kelly's story more than anything else. But let's jump into this because you've got this. You create. You came up with a came up with this obsession of skincare back in, was it 2016? That's when, when Teach came about and whatever it is. Tell us about like the backstory. Was it like kind of like walking through the women's aisles and you inspired? I mean, what, what was that all about? Yeah, I mean, it was part of that. Actually, um, 
story I don't tell a lot, but we we actually launched version one in 15 a year and it's almost exactly a year before it failed. And um, so I, I started thinking about this in 2014. Um, and, you know, I was doing research for consumer product, good companies, global consumer product, good companies. And I was going into the stores. I was very embarrassed as a consumer. And I'm sure um, some of your male listeners can appreciate this, but going into retail, um, for, first off, guys aren't really, um, you know, cut, cut, cut out of a, a retail mold. We really don't like to shop too much. Um, so I was going into retail and I was looking at how men are shopping in, in different categories and trying to understand, uh, you know, skincare category for men. And I was very embarrassed, you know, I, I would go in and, and, you know, I'd be asked a question from someone behind the counter. What do you use on, how do you, what, what are you using to protect your skin from the harm, harmful <laughs> rays of the sun? And I was, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know what, what am I supposed to be using? And, um, you know, I would, and, and I'd go to certain stores and they would be like, well, we've got some really special stuff. I just got this in today. Just got it in today. It's going to be gone by the end of the week. I'm going to call all my <laughs> special customers and and they'd pull something out and set it on the counter. And, and I would so be so embarrassed. I'd be like, I have no idea what that is. She'd be like, <laughs> which this is unbelievable stuff. Would you like it? It does this, this, and this. And I'd, I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'll just add that to my routine, which I didn't have any. So I came to the realization I needed to do something if I wanted to stay looking and feeling my best. So that's how it kind of started, roughly speaking. Was the boxer, when when she got the box out of the cupboard or where it was, was it like kind of like there kind of gathering dust as it was, she would kind of like- she, Just the opposite. You'd think that like a lot of people would come and run in over to see like what exactly was being pulled out of the magic drawer underneath the counter. Uh, it's like being at Liberty in London, you know, and <laughs> everybody would gather around. What, what exactly is that? That's um, so funny. Yeah. So it, it actually, and, 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 and to finish the story, it was actually um, like a tinted moisturizer, which I didn't even know that existed um, for men, but uh, it was a phenomenal product, a tinted moisturizer. I bought it. I paid an, an insane amount of money for it. Um, completely embarrassed, left the store feeling like that I had just, you know, climbed, <laughs> climbed Mount Everest. I'd made my first big purchase in the skincare business. But um, I figured there's a way that we could talk about it and talk about skincare to men where it didn't feel intimidating, make it easy and uncomplicated. And I embarked on building a company that did that. You know, it's interesting because you talk about um, intimidation. And I mean, from my pers perspective, I guess my perception of kind of the whole kind of skincare thing is that I, I don't know if men feel intimidated, but I, I think it's also kind of a men being men type of thing. Like, you know, I'm yep. manly. What do I need skincare for type of thing? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a lot to that. We we actually see some of our customers that um, are kind of interesting and I can give them a product and they'll be like, yeah, I'll try it. And I'll say, how'd that work out? And be like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and so there's like this certain mentality of certain men, no matter what, they're not going to use skincare. And that's fine. Like, that's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not here to try to change everybody's mind about something. This isn't politics, right? This right. is like, if you want, if you want to do this, you will look better. Your skin will feel better, but yeah, you be you, you know, that's what exactly. we say. You know, I guess it's all about a matter of priorities. Do you know what I'm right. saying? And, and it's like, yeah, is it important enough for me? Mm. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. So okay, and there's a lot of men that think it is important. And I'm, you know, we love that. 
Yeah, that's cool. And, and you know, those are those are the people that we kind of like you you kind of want to touch uh, touch into a, a bit more, I guess, and stuff like that. So right. Cool. Love it. Um, so interesting enough, I know we mentioned at the very beginning the whole kind of one of our favorite books, which is Tiny Heisman's uh, Delivering Happiness. Now, I I love the book of happiness. Obviously, he's not around with us anymore, unfortunately. No. But right. um, I mean. That was one of my very first entrepreneurial books, right? It was like many, many years ago because he, he, he wrote it. And it's only a small, tiny book, isn't it? You, you pick it up yep. for about, I don't know, about eight, ten bucks or whatever. Now, you talked a little bit about being obsessed with customers. Yeah. Well, I guess my, I'm going to use this as a double-ended question here. First of all, um, what did you learn from Tony in that book, right? And how, from an actionable practical perspective how do you obsess over customers apart from the fact that you know you're selling them a, a, a men's skincare line or whatever it is what, what's your thoughts on that yeah it's interesting and, and it, it's it's very apropos your, your the timing of your, of your question i think like you know a lot of companies take um which traditionally like customer service and they look at it as like a cost to their business matter of fact i was on with them my CFO early this morning talking about our 2023 budget and, and and no offense to the financial guys, they're brilliant and we wouldn't be where we are today without them. But, you know, he's like saying, we don't really need to add people there. Well, I'm thinking just the opposite, right? It is about like how we treat our customers and, and our customer, our customer success team is actually in our marketing team. They're not part of operations. We like shield them from the financial guys because listening to your customers and like hearing and, and delighting your customers is so critical. And I think just Adam, think about it this way too. We we're a subscription company and, mm -hmm. and they're like those companies, subscription companies, like your, you know, your, your internet and, you know, these, these various kind of your, your cell phone and stuff. They're like some of the most hated companies out there, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you call them, you're on the phone with them for, you know, the wall street journal, you know, the times, whatever it is. Um, you, you're on, you're on hold for, for 40 minutes just to, to change your address. Right. And you're like, I'm paying you $20 a month or a hundred dollars a month. It's, this is insane. So I think like, we Tony is interesting the way he approached customer and he was really a pioneer when it came to direct consumer and thinking about creating you know an, an unbelievable experience for the customer and it starts with you know it starts actually with the, the, the when they receive the product well it starts with the web experience but when they receive the product and they open up the box and they have the product experience and maybe they do or don't like that product I mean, who, who would have thought that you could send sneakers um you know uh you know trainers i think you guys call them in the mail and and, and actually make a business out of it and he realized that you could just delight customers through the inner, the, the experience they have from opening up the box, checking out the product. And then they, you know, they're always inevitably going to have some sort of issue and like being on the receiving end from a company perspective and dealing with that. And us as a modern day subscription business, we're paying the ass free company. We will <laughs> do anything for our customers because that's what keeps them coming back. You know, and a subscription company. If they're unhappy, we'll give them their money back. If they don't want a subscription, that doesn't. We don't care. We'll sell you just one time, or don't don't. And if they don't like us, we 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 literally write to our customers and say, "Here's one of our competitors. Try them and see what they, <laughs> see what you think. I like, like that. see what you think of them." 
Um, we actually, I shouldn't even say this, but we actually banned some of our customers that are like, that are such high maintenance. <laughs> we tell them, we're like, you can't do business with us anymore. We, we thank you very much. Here's a coupon that we found on the web for our competitors. Go try to use them. We, we actually say this to them. Go, go try to use them. And then by the way, you're banned from ever doing business with us again. Because <laughs> you're I just not our, you don't belong to our tribe. So I think like it starts with a customer and and really like really trying to understand. And so we we really have a lot of conversations with our customers every day, like hundreds of conversations. We we probably deal with like somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five hundred specific customer tickets a week. Um, wow. So twenty five hundred specific customer interactions, like very specific mm-hmm. interactions mm-hmm. with a customer, not just like hey, what's up. Mm-hmm. What do you, um, I mean, you, you, it's, it's interesting. I was picking up a few pointers there. You talked about customer experience and customers that are a pain in the ass and yeah. there are plenty of them, of course. Yeah. But how, so this is interesting. So for one, say, say for example, when it comes to our listeners and they're probably like nodding their heads, like nodding dogs thinking, yep, I've got some pain in the ass customers and whatever it is. How do you know from your perspective that those customers don't fit with your tribe? You know, is there kind of like, do you know what I'm saying? Is there must be like yeah. some sort of checklist or it's like, no, 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 no. That's definitely, that's a red flag for me. Any thoughts there? Actually, it's easier than you think. Oh, that's um, interesting. It, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, it's a question. It's a very good question. It's easier than you think because we have a culture as a company and everybody at the company understands our culture. Like they get it. I mean, they they just know it. They know what our culture is. And so it's pretty easy to spot a customer that doesn't fit our culture. And it's usually, it's usually the guys doing things, doing like nefarious things. You know, they're, they're, they're calling and saying they didn't get this. They didn't get that. We reship. Then they say they didn't do this. We credit them. And then they, you know, and then next week we see that they just joined again and they, you know, they took a 50% off coupon and then they're calling us up and saying, Hey, but I did, I got the 50% coupon, but I didn't get the special offer for the dock kit. And, you know, can you send me that? And we send them that. And then they, then they cancel again. And, you know, and then we're just like, well, you're just a jerk. So you don't belong here, you know? Um, and you know, it, there's, there's this thing, it, it's some customers, not, not most, there, there's, there's a select group of customers that feel like, you know, they're owned something, owed something by companies. Mm-hmm. There's almost like some part of civilization, at least in America, I think it's a trend where like companies are bad. Well, companies aren't bad. You know, we, we employ people, we produce great products. If people don't want our products, we go out of business because they don't buy them. So, you know, so people are like, how much can I take from this company? And those are the guys that we kick out. That's good. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm contributing to the system. I'm employing staff. You're getting great products. I mean, what what else do you want? Like, what do you want from me? You know, it's like you want blood out of a stone. Anyway, yeah, yeah I totally, um, that's that's an interesting point. I like that. Some, that's some cool stuff. I like that. Interestingly enough, because I know that there are men's skincare lines out there. You've got the Clarins, you've got the Nivea for men yep, and all sure. that, that kind of stuff. When you created um, Teach Handley and stuff, like that, I'm sure that yeah. you obviously looked at, those yeah. types of competitors because they're in you know they're in your kind of like bloomingdales and, and right. places like that right when it came to looking at the way that they i wouldn't say just just packaging like we're looking at that you mentioned experience right how did you from a product standpoint how did you want to be different from a product standpoint we know yeah. because these guys you've only been around for six years they've been around yeah. for 
you know, donkeys because yeah. they've got a marketing yeah. budget and a branding budget the right. size of the size of my arm. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But how how do you, how would you say that you you're unique in terms of like you know how would you say that you are have this com- kind of competitive edge from a product standpoint? Yeah. How, um, what, what was yeah. your thoughts? But, and by the way, I think Murdoch's of London was one that I grew a lot of inspiration from, and so and same with Aesop, which is a unisex mm-hmm. brand out of Australia. But we wanted we wanted all of our products to be. Um, how do I say this? We wanted all of our products to be really friendly to men. And that, okay, so let me just define that. Like, right. um, you know, as guys, there's there's a lot of things we don't want. We don't we don't want to be our face to be shiny. You know, we want matte a matte feel. We don't want any product that goes on our face that's heavy. Like it just it's just not like guys don't you know like that. We don't like like this motor oil stuff. <laughs> I mean, our our most our uh, nighttime moisturizer, which is our heaviest like viscosity and weight, um, is you know is a lot for me to put on my face, and I've been doing it for a long time. My wife thinks that that's like a light moisturizer for her. So I think, and she won't even you know she won't even use our daytime moisturizer. So the feel of it and how fast it dries down and like how it looks on your skin um, and how it feels throughout the day, those type of things, and I. Like to, to me, you know, the big companies really just kind of didn't spend as much time as they should have thinking about the male consumer and kind of just repackaged and some of the stuff that they were doing and, and marketing as well, repackaged some of the things that they were doing for their female consumers. Um, and, and we're really kind of going after it from that perspective. And definitely with like product assortments, like toners and BB tints and clarifying creams and like guys don't know what the hell all that stuff is. And it's just ridiculous. So like really, I, so I think just the, the feel, the look, the smell, you know, how it is over time um, and really just kind of focusing on what guys like versus, you know, kind of, and, and, and then for, further from that, I, I, I think like we do focus specifically on men and we're kind of like not hyper-masculine, but we're a man's brand. And we, we don't, we're, we're not, we don't try to be a unisex brand. I mean, it, women could potentially buy our, do buy our product, but we're not catering to, you know, a, a woman audience Got um, it. or, or a unisex audience for that matter. Got it. And that's interesting because um, I guess, do you feel like men are kind of neglected consumers? I mean, I don't know about you, but it's like what you what you picked up a good point. It's like, you know, when it comes comes to beauty, uh, beauty companies or whatever it is. Right. Or uh, and, 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 and they're kind of like they've been so obsessed because they've got so much experience in working with women. Do you feel like men have been kind of neglected or do you just think that they assume that there is no market for men in skincare? What's your thoughts on that? I think you're, you're spot on, Adam. I mean, men, men, um, you know, I think, and everybody, everybody I talk to, so I do think men have been, you know, kind of underserved in, in the, in the way that men need to be, spoken to and products need to be developed as you just said as as i just said products need to be developed and it's a way they need to be marketed to them as well like i you know like showing a, a picture of like some you know fabio guy with a shirt off and long hair and like water thrown against his shirt that that's not going to motivate me to buy <laughs> you know a product you know i'm not going to be like wow that guy's just man i mean i got to get my skincare on i got to get my skincare game on so i look like him 
But in the woman's world, you know, it is a lot about like parody. And so like a beautiful woman that looks like this or is Chanel, you know, they want to, you know, they want to look like that. They want to have that bag or that, you know, whatever. So I think like the way that men are marketed to for men's products and the way products are being developed are completely underserved. I I, I think it continues to be underserved. It's interesting. So I guess from your perspective, you you kind of saw an opportunity more than, and kind of jumped on the, the railroad, if you like, or jumped on the train and thought, you know what, I think we've got a good opportunity here. And I guess yeah. that's kind of like what your investors were thinking when 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 kind of like T. Shandy came about. Right. Right. Exactly. Love it. Very cool. Um, so in terms of like, you know, in terms of like the company. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that the I know that, you know, you guys are a a skincare company that's the focus right yeah but from your perspective i know that you talked a little bit about culture you talked a little bit about people you talked about a product but from your perspective like how does um how does one differentiate itself you know being the whole package you know how do you like as a ceo you know what is the what what is the life of you know what's the average day look like for you and how does that kind of maybe compare to your traditional ceo you know and i'm sure that you've had lots of kind of like round table meetings with other ceos of other companies they're not necessarily in skincare but how does how does your um i suppose experience and like your wisdom because wisdom from like reading books such as delivering happiness how does that kind of differ to you know, you know, other people managing companies compared to what you're doing right now. What's the what's the legacy behind that? Yeah, I I wish I could give you a sexy answer here, but I think I think the truth is, Adam, I and a lot of my friends that run businesses, I, I think we all deal with very similar like sets of issues. Um and so I, you know, I do see I do see that as being um you know, there's a lot of commonality between some of the issues we're dealing with where I think the differences are in style, like mm-hmm. style of leadership. Um, and, and I think they vary a bit based on, you know, the type of businesses you're in and whether or not you're a direct to consumer business, um, like who your customer, you know, are you in manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think styles, um, you know, Right. I think styles change a lot from CEO to CEO. Right. Um, We, our business, I think the business itself, like marketing to consumers is, you know, there needs to be a lot of fun from culturally, there needs to be a lot of fun and excitement around it. So, and we have young customers and we have young employees. So I think from my perspective, and unfortunately I'm not as young, you know, that young anymore in my career. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm well established deep into my career. So I think like, you know, I'm, I always think about, you know, staying current and young and trying to understand what our, uh, what our team is going through in their life, personal life outside of work and in work and how we, how we harness kind of the best of that to reach our customers. So those are, you know, kind of probably slightly different from, from my CEO perspective than, than others. Well, I think everyone has their own different opinion, right? Isn't it? There's not right. a right or wrong answer. Right? Correct. You know I mean, so, yeah. um, which is interesting um, because it brought me onto a really good 
um, ideology with you, actually, because, I mean, you've been growing the company for like, well, almost seven years and six years right. right at the moment. So there must have been like, I, I, I believe that businesses go through cycles, right? They go through cycles of growth and then they kind of get stunted, you know, along yep. the way or whatever it is. From your perspective, you know, being in e-commerce, because my, I mean, my my knowledge in e-commerce is very, very limited. But what would you say, like, when you go through that stage of growth and you hit that kind of like, I'm going to call it plateau yep. for the sake yes. of for the, for it. How did you get out of that plateau? What did you, what did you, what did you, what did you identify? Like, what was the kind of like scenario behind it? Like, what what was your challenge behind it and how did you deal with it emotionally what were your decision making processing i'm just trying to kind of like drive in deep in terms of like you know why did you do what you did at that period of time and how did you yeah. kind of like get back onto the the, the 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 horse if you like and back into growth mode yeah I mean, that, that is that is one of the best questions i've had in a long time um and i think you're spot on with your assessment um that Companies do hit these different plateaus, and um, and uh, and companies, you know, thrive for a plateau and never ever reach them um, too. So um, we, you know, I think we have blown through a couple of plateaus, and there's and they're usually financially, you know, there's a lot of financial connection to that, like re it. reaching certain levels. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we have, you know, the next level of plateau that we're, that we're trying to get to in terms of, um, you know, total gross revenue as a company. Um, but to answer your question, you know, I think you do hit these really stagnant kind of quicksand times in your growth cycle and it's really hard to break through so i think the simple answer if i can be so bold to give you one is to keep your head down and focus on the things that you're really good at mm -hmm. so um you know the more you kind of flail around and try a bunch of different things and um, make a lot of noise and um you know hire a bunch of consultants and build new plans and try to, you know, build new things. Um, those are typically in my experience are typically mistakes. It's more about staying focused, staying ultra focused. When you, when you start getting into these quicksand areas and, and where you're having a hard time breaking through, it usually is doubling down on what you're really good on and, and, and just hunkering down and, and being as positive as you can. And not every day is a great day. You know, um, so it's it, it it's very hard. So that that would be my answer. I like it. It's very cool. Just out of curiosity, I was just going to say, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the word quicksand. It's a really good, it's a really good analogy. In terms of like, I you know, and I don't know about you because, like you, I, I you know, I run run a, a very successful company. And the thing is, I don't know about you, but how do you? I mean, we all deal with it emotionally and mentally differently and stuff like that. You know, if we, because there's going to be an element of expectation in our mindset, right? It's like, you know, we need to be hitting here and say we're like kind of like really far away or whatever it might be. How do you deal with like the emotional or mental pressures of running a company? Because I mean, there's an element of expectations from your shareholders, from your investors or whatever it is. Like, how do you deal with that? you know, um, it, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. That's a great question. I, I don't have a silver bullet. It is extremely 
for, you know, this, as you just described, you, you, you've lived this too. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's run a business knows it. We're all in a, you know, fraternity together. Mm-hmm. It's extremely difficult. I mean, it, it's emotionally very, very difficult. Um, and I think, you know, a better question is, is how do you deal with it both at work and also at home? Because mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, I, I don't like the concept of work-life balance. No. Um, I, I don't like that concept. The more I've thought about it over the years, uh, entrepreneurs don't have a work-life balance. They just have life and they're just <laughs> dealing with their life and their life includes work and and home right um and their personal life and it's just blended it's all one thing so i think like how do you how do you deal with pressure in life and you know i i happen to have a very short commute home i happen to be very fortunate with a wonderful family a a great um relationship and a wonderful wife Mm -hmm. and so like just the time that i spend commuting which is supposed to be my downtime between here and like refreshing my mind to, 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 to start thinking about cleaning the dishes and taking care of home life and the things that I do there is very difficult. And you're still very stressed out about the day and you're trying to unwind. And um, I think it's very, very, very hard. It really is. So for me personally, to answer your question, I do the things that I think a lot of my peers do. You know, I, I absolutely have to work out. I'm a morning workout guy, but I have to work out in the morning. And and honestly, I'm not looking to like be huge or to do this or to run, you know, marathon or climb Everest. I'm just trying to stay alive. Like I'm, I'm just <laughs> survival I'm, mode. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to be able to have enough in me to to fight the dog fight of tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be a dog fight. So I just I just want to have enough energy. I want to get. I want to get rested. I'm pretty disciplined. So I want to get in bed at a certain time and I don't want to eat too much like sugar and stuff like this. I mean, these, these things contribute mightily to your, your mental health. So those are things that I try to work on. I love that. You know, it's, it's, you know, what's really interesting about this conversation is that this is just like, for me, you know, I think there's this kind of like premise or this perceptional reality of, you know, like, people like yourself who are seven, eight figure business owners or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, they do things differently or whatever it is, but actually you're still human. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's no real differentiation between you and like your six figure business owner or your five figure business owner. Like we're all still human, right? Very little differentiation actually. Um, You know, they're just bigger, bigger highs and bigger. I don't even know if that's true. Yeah, very little difference. I mean, the guys that are out there grinding away and, you know, and and generating whatever it is, a hundred thousand dollar business or 500 or a million dollar, you know, USD business or, you know, $5 million USD business. I mean, they're, they're doing the same thing, man. They're grinding night and day. And um, they're, they're under a lot of the same stress that, you know, guys that have biz- bigger businesses are, are under. So, um, yeah, I mean, anybody that's out there living their dream is definitely grinding and they are definitely stressed. Absolutely. 100%. Love it. Listen, I know we're coming towards the end of our interview. I think this has been a, a real fascinating deep dive more than anything else. Uh, um, I hope uh, you feel like you've got some great, uh, we, we've had some great conversations. Absolutely. You've been very interesting. And um, I'm, you know, grateful that uh, you've had me on your show and we had a chance to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and 
men's skincare and T. Shanley's <laughs> just trying to help men look amazing. Absolutely. So uh, listen, guys, um, I hope that you have, first of all, I hope that you've enjoyed our episode with me and Kelly. Um, if you want to learn more about Kelly, click on the links below. There'll be a, um, uh, I was going to say, there'll be a coupon code. So if you want to check out uh, the, the the skincare line uh, for the men's and stuff like that, feel free to do so. There's no pressure, by the way. Uh, but it's always kind of cool, you know, um, yeah, especially if you're thinking about I know gifts and whatever it might be. So uh, just think a little bit different on that kind of stuff. So I would highly recommend you check that out, by the way, ladies and gents. Um, so um, Kelly, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show. Really, really greatly appreciate you and, uh, and, and your input for today. Thank you, sir. And for all your entrepreneurs out there, I hope you live your best life and, and get after it, man. There's, there's inspiration for all of us. Absolutely. Listen, guys, hope you've been uh, enjoyed today's show uh, from me and Kelly. If you have, please do me a favor. Leave a one or a five star review on Apple or Spotify. We'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, anyway, from me and Kelly, uh, it's enough from us. And hopefully we'll see you again on the next Game Changers experience. Take care and we'll see you soon. Cheers.